Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. You know, when I just did that just now, I flashed back in my mind to the comedian from the 80s who went on to uh, be kind of more of a, not a serious actor, but a kind of more mainstream kind of actor. His name was Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, yes. Yes. And... The reason I was thinking about Bobcat Goldthwait because I watched uh, Pat- Patrick H. Wellam's um, channel this week and he did a retrospective <laughs> of all fucking things uh-huh. on all seven Police Academy Holy movies. Cow. And it's fucking great. If you get a chance, watch it. Um, it's it's wow. it's off the hook. But he talks about Bobcat Goldthwait. If you know anything about Patrick Wellam's, it's like he's a New York guy you know what mm-hmm. I mean he's got the whole New York thing intellectual kind of thing going on so it's like kind of just the fact that he subjected himself yeah you know and, and, and but he was very the thing I got to hand to Patrick is like yes he is you know a New York intellectual liberal kind of guy mm-hmm. he seems pretty you know like tr- handles it all in stride okay. or like kind yeah, of takes it yeah. as it is and doesn't you know you know he didn't try to think that these movies were going to be the fucking godfather right, right. He, he knew what the, he went in knowing what they were it's a cool video if you get a chance I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it right now uh, but anyway so Ludini Rock and Roll Circus you can check us out at Ludini Rock and Roll Circus lots of cool shit there including access to our private Facebook group with all kind of shenanigans going on in there uh, posted some stuff this week about uh, because uh, we're actually recording this on Halloween yeah I did Halloween Halloween podcast last week and released it on everything this week. Yes. Uh, that's how, how it goes in in uh, in the in podcasting podcast world. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, there's a cat and it's black. Ah. Um, Ooh, speaking of Halloween. Scary. But um, so, anyways, I did the actual Halloween thing. Last, yes. Last yes, week. You did. But, but so, so anyway, so um, I posted some fun Halloween stuff in the group this week. Um, so Ludini Rock and Roll Circus Check it out there. WolfsCustoms.online for great custom artwork on, for your musical instrument. And RockRageRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Download the free app to your great music programming 24 7. Um, Mr. Pittsburgh is back. I'm back, everybody. Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Mr. Pittsburgh is back in black, and yes, what am. is what's going on with you, brother? We missed you. Yes, yeah, sorry about uh, not being here for last week for the spooktacular Halloween show. <coughs> but I was actually in the hospital. Yeah, went uh, for my physical, and some numbers were off, so I had to spend a little time in the hospital figuring out what's going on. But uh, I'm back. Let Why don't we in. just go ahead, since you didn't get a chance to talk last yes, week, yes. let's just have you talk for a while. Oh, so okay. why don't you kind of, we, we always like to start off with kind of like what we did this week. Mine is going to be a lot of movie shit because I was like having my uh, my spooky season and enjoying yes. a lot of fun movies and I'm going to do at least yes. one more this evening. Um, but Mr. Pittsburgh, well, so, you, so what, so, 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 so fill us in. I'm going to fill you in. You know what, I, I've told stories in the past uh, about me working in a hospital, but actually being a patient in a hospital is completely different and um <laughs> my the roommates i had over the couple of days i was in there was uh well it was, uh, they were quite interesting um at one time it was uh it was 12 noon i remember the time exactly uh i'm just laying there in bed kind of chillaxing and this happens <laughs> okay <laughs> Right? This goes on for five minutes. I'm like, what the hell is that? So finally, because I, I know all the different alarms. You know, the uh, ventilator alarms, the uh, EKG alarm. I know the IV machine. Alarm, but I had never heard boing, boing, boing. Right? 
So that's the, that's the what? That's the, the slinky alarm or something. This is, I, yeah, so there's right, a slinky yeah, coming yeah. down the stairs. Doing, Everybody get out of the way. Doing, doing, yeah. <laughs> so finally, after about five minutes, this nurse comes in. And she my, my roommate's on the other end of the uh, curtain I have pulled. And she goes, Mr. So-and-so, I, I think your phone's ringing. I'm like, are you serious? That, that is his phone. That is his ringtone. So he goes, oh, oh. He's hard of hearing, by the way. He's like, oh, boing, oh, boing, yeah, boing. yeah. You think he'd hear that? No. Oh, that's my alarm, and I don't know how to turn it off. I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me! You got to move me out of this room, right? Well, they eventually get it turned off. Now I know it was 12 noon because at 12 midnight, <laughs> <laughs> boing, oh, no. boing. No, this time it went on for about no. 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, seriously, seriously. So that was uh, that was interesting, but everybody at the at the hospital was very nice to me. Um, uh, yeah, so so I, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Like uh, that's why I wasn't here; I was in the hospital. But I'm back and got some stories for you. What so else? so uh, last Thursday was my birthday. You knew that. Oh, and I have a birthday present for you. Oh, you do. Yes, yes. Don't let me forget before you leave. Okay, I won't. <laughs> but anyway, so it's my birthday. And since I was basically kind of laid up with the medical stuff going on, my daughter, um, her birthday gift to me was taking me to the actual theater, the movie theater, big screen and everything, and they had a showing of The Shining. It's the first time I've ever seen The Shining on the big screen, and it was everything I hoped it would be. Even though I knew what was coming... I can say oh. it's one of those movies I can say all the lines along with it. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. I, and I was <laughs> kind of mumbling under my breath, but I thought that was like really cool. And we find out just as the movie's beginning to start that my daughter's boyfriend, who was along with us, had never seen The Shining. What, what universe do you live in, bro? Well, what did he think? He liked it. Yeah, he liked it. He because um, you got to remember he's like grown up on the real graphic stuff. It's uh, you know. And, Shining is a little more cerebral, and you do see some stuff, but, you know, lots left in the imagination. But he really liked that aspect of it, that it wasn't, you know, everything wasn't CGI and blah, blah, blah. And, but, uh, yeah, we had a really good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, so thank you to my daughter for that. And uh, I got one more thing here. This is a, kind of a cute story. Here we go. So my daughter has a friend, and his girlfriend wants to learn how to play bass. He plays bass. And as girlfriends do, they're like, could you teach me how to play bass? He's like, yeah, no problem. That I can do that. He goes, just go out, get yourself a cheap bass, and then once you get the bass... We'll Wait a minute, down. is this her boyfriend? This is her boyfriend. He wouldn't go with her to... go. I mean, dude, if I was dating a trick and she wanted a bass or she wanted a guitar, I'd be like, ooh, chance to go to a guitar store. Right. Really? Yeah. What's he's, wrong with this guy? Not, apparently not a believer. He, he, this, nah, this, nah, not this, a believer. Nah, nah, Jesus Christ. So when these, she goes... These kids today! She, she goes, gets the bass. That's what Bones has to say. Bones, Bones knows the deal. She goes, gets kind of a cheaper bass, brings it home, and opens the case, and he looks at the guitar and he says... That's my bass. And she goes, yeah, very funny. I know it's a nice one, but I bought it. It's mine. He goes, no, that's my bass. It was an Epiphone Les Paul bass, red. Okay. And about 10 years ago, he fell on hard times, had to sell a bunch of his shit. Wow. She went out and picked his bass. I'm like, that's crazy. That's my bass. Yeah, very funny. No, no, that is my bass. Because he knew all the Knicks, you know, and everything. I'm like, that's really cool. Damn, I knew all the Knicks, too. I know, I know Nick Capaletti. <laughs> and, uh, oh no, that is... I know Nicky Six. Um, that's a crazy fucking story. That is there. a nutty story. Of course, me, I'm like, well, what kind of bass was it? And my, my daughter's like, hold on, I'll pull it up. And it was a red... Uh, Epiphone Les Paul bass. Have you ever had a Les Paul bass? No, never have. What? No, I see them all the time. Well, not all the time, but I see them and I'm like, I wonder if I should just get one of those too. <laughs> but so far I have uh, fought off the temptation. Have you ever played one? No. Okay. I'm really curious, dude. Play one, let me know what it's like. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a ripper. I had a ripper, uh, uh, which is the real big... That was like the big round yeah, body. I saw yeah. Gene Simmons uh, was yeah, right. Very, yeah, kind of, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That before it was the Gene but, Simmons uh, bass, it was called. You that's know, the, the only Gibson bass I've ever played. Ah, well, what are you gonna do? Wow. 
Hey, what did you do this week? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I did a podcast last week. Oh yes. my god. I actually, I, I actually watched it. I didn't watch it live, but I caught it after. Um, I'm like, oh. Bill, uh, thank you, Bill Damiano, for uh, for chiming in on that. Um, it was fun. Yeah. Um, so this week, um, what I've been doing is, um, first of all, you guys know that I'm a movie junkie, yes. <clears throat> and um, I'm starting an I'm starting a. Uh, Another podcast all about movies. No, I'm not. <laughs> we do that enough here. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have time. I don't need another project. Um, oh, my God. Now I'm thinking I should start a podcast. Stop. See? That's enough. Stop, That's stop, the, thinking. Uh, stop. Stop. Stop You're thinking, done. Ludini. Okay, so I watched a bunch of fucking movies. And I want to just say this one off the top of my head real quick before I forget. I did this one I did not write down. And it was a movie with Paul Bellamy and um, Dennis Quaid from the, uh, I don't know, about 20... 11s uh, called Legion. Oh. And um, <clears throat> it was a movie I was, when I first saw it, the first time I saw it, I will say this. I was trying to get the levels just. There we go. Is that good right there? Can we hear yeah, it? I like that. Okay. Yeah, it's okay, good to hear us. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was a little We're disappointed the first time I, I, I saw it because um, the trailer made it look like a, like a really kind of hardcore horror movie. Uh-huh. And it's more like a, a horror action movie. Oh, kind okay. of film. It's more yes, like a kind yes. of. Um, it has. It's nothing like Underworld, but mm-hmm. it more has that kind of vibe. Vibe to it. Okay. Then uh, okay. you know what I mean. <clears throat> and so then I once I we watched it because Sharon had never seen it and I thought she would think it was fun and she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going like, oh, I get it. This is like a horror action. I'm right. I'm totally now cool with it. I'm it. totally yeah. like, yeah. it's great. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> but if you like that sort of thing, it's okay. It's not the greatest movie in the world. Uh, but it's all right. Um, all right. So I, I, I'm going to real quick, I'm going to hit some classics that I that I that I touched on uh, Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, Ooh. starring the amazing Donald Pleasance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's some characters who are in big trouble in Little China are in it as well. It's oh, a really? neat mishmash mash. And uh, Jameson Parker is uh, is in it, who was uh, had a big role on a TV series called Simon and Simon. Oh, yeah. That's and um, yeah. Okay. And um, it's a lot of actors that from that you went, oh, I've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him. Yes. You know, and stuff. <clears throat> and um, it's uh, you know tr- Carpenter did a trilogy of these sort of like apocalypse kind of um, films, and this is Prince of Darkness was one of them. Um, and um, it is very different than today's movies. Yeah, it's very fucking different. It's not like today's movies. Though. It's much. It's very much about atmosphere. <clears throat> um, although it's it, it's it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. It's got the this idea. If you've never seen it, go watch it. But I'm going to spoil it. Um, there is a. Um, there is this I, there's this thing that happens in there where there are um, a, a bunch of different people from a bunch of different departments in this college have been asked by the Catholic Church to move into this church because something has been found in the basement and they mm. want to know what it, what okay. it's, what's going on with it. Yes. <clears throat> so there's physicists and biologists and all these people. And um, the... Um, the, you find out that this is some artifact that's been watched over by this like uh, brotherhood of sleep, uh, mm-hmm. who is this or just like really micro sect within the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they've been guarding this secret for centuries. Mm. And what you find out, and and so throughout, as, so as they moved into this church, you know they're working very hard, and they become exhausted, and they're falling asleep, and they all start to have the same dream, okay. and the dream is not an actual dream; it's people from the future trying to oh, warn them. Okay. And it's it's really cool. It's one of the coolest aspects of the of the movie. It's a very fucking cool movie. Um it's a I, I think it's a it's a horror classic. Different than a lot of movies today. If you it's not mm-hmm. there's not a bunch of jump cuts. There's not a bunch right. of uh, uh jump scares I mean there's not a <clears throat> um you know all practical effects. There's no CG nothing, you know. Um check it out. Um Halloween three season of the witch. Uh-huh. I have, you know, I, 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 I'm always defending this movie. I will just admit <laughs> that it is, it is absolutely terrible, but I love it. Um, I watch it every Halloween season. Um, you know, I just, I think 28 days to hell or, or eight more days to Halloween, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Halloween, Halloween. So I, I can't, it's infectious. I can't yes. help it. Um, yes. And, uh, but, but, but it's not a, uh, the, the main character in it, the, the guy who's, you know, he's, it, 
Have you ever seen the movie? I have not. You've never seen it? It's I, the beginning I, of the movie. It's the beginning it, of the movie. So he's, long ago. He's, him and his wife are divorced, but so this is all told very, very quickly. This uh-huh. is not a long, drawn-out thing, but you get the impression they're divorced, and he goes to see his kids at the beginning of the movie <clears throat> to give them Halloween masks, and he's there for like five minutes. And the rest of the movie, she's calling him saying, it was you're supposed to come get these kids. And um, he's absolutely terrible for it's <laughs> absolutely horrible. He gets completely caught up in this with this woman and find out what happened to her father and you know how he got killed or whatever. And um, you know she's hot. She's about ten years younger than him. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we were watching it, and it, Tom Atkins is the actor. Oh yeah, and you yeah, know, okay. and at the time he was probably. 36, 37 mm-hmm. years old, but like he looked 50 because everybody looked older. Right, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. And uh, um, so he's chasing this hot, ta- hot young tail and, you know, he gets like kind of, it's so cheesy how they end up fucking and everything. It's just like, oh my God. But he's a total piece of shit because the whole time, like <laughs> he's like making up this bullshit to his wife when really he just ran off to like chase, this, right, you know, right. and he gets caught up in this thing and oh. <clears throat> with this toy factory and they make these crazy masks masks that kill children. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that this movie has to do with killing children is the part I think that always kind of intrigued me because that's kind of a no-no. Right. Yeah. You know, well, that's don't like kill that, innocent and, kids. Yeah, and that can go bad. Like there's yeah. been movies that have had to go back and reshoot things or take scenes out because they tested and they killed a kid <laughs> right. and they like, they, no, the audience no. was really upset about it. No. Um, they do not kill a kid in The Shining, right? Nope. Almost. 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 They tried. Almost. Too smart. Almost. Um, I've seen that movie so many fucking times. I watched it. You invited me to the yeah. thing. I couldn't go, but I literally had just watched it the night before. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. oh, I watched I, I, I watch that at least once a year. That isn't only one of my favorite horror movies. That's one of my favorite movies, oh, period. Yeah. Two of my favorite movies, in, like maybe in my top ten, are both star Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Chinatown. And The Shining. There you go. Just, just fucking amazing films. But, um, you know, I kind of was like, I, I, there's so many. Um, I, I heard like yet another theory oh, about no. The Shining. You know, there's oh, the Wendy no. theory. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's Danny's ordeal, which is like Jack and Danny have been like getting it on the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's like he's a you know he's a petter, you're a petter ass. Petters. Um, um. What the, there's, there's a whole bunch of different that there's the whole thing about the Native American themes, right? Right, the, the thing about the moon landing, which sure. is really that's fucking like yeah. way to fuck out, but yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, then I heard one recently that there are two jacks in the film, and that actually, and the guy used some pretty interesting stuff to sort of set up the idea that mm. what you're seeing is the novel that mm-hmm. Jack. Torrance is actually writing. He's actually writing. This is a novel he's writing. Oh, oh, wow! <clears throat> and I'm not going to go into all. You have to go look it up on okay. YouTube. You look it up on YouTube. Watch the guy. Watch the guy's analysis. It's it's okay. I just love stuff like that. Like I mean, like I don't I don't have to buy into it. But I think the fact yeah, that I people are still cool. talking about, about that. And, people yeah. are still talking about that. We made it came out in 1980. Mm-hmm. And people are still talking about that movie. Right. You know, there's still like, you know, I mean, we are, you know, in the 20, almost the 24th year of the 21st century. Right. And people are They're like talking, talking about, about The Shining like fucking it's, it just came out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and um, so and the other thing that I want to say quick about The Shining was um, uh, Kubrick released it and then he recalled it and cut out the ending. Um, and I had that... and I had to look it up because I couldn't remember what it was. And there's a couple of YouTube channels that just yeah. show you the script. Okay. Exactly what it was. Right. And it's Allman visiting um, Wendy, Wendy and Danny in the hospital. In the hospital. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, he invites them to come to his house in San Francisco. So there's like a, what they call, they call that in a movie, they call it the denouement, which oh. means return to Normal, normalcy. Mm-hmm. It's a return to like life is going to kind of carry on. Right, right, characters right. are going to be okay. Now. Now you can relax, yeah. you know. And he took and 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 then Kubrick, when he saw that he took it out and he, great, I great choice. Yeah, it's a shit. Yeah. He he had all that all that film burned, so nobody can see it, <clears throat> oh, which wow. is kind of like film nerds like yeah, me. Shining, like, oh, I'm a shining nerd. You know, would love yeah, to see love it. To see that. But but I, you know, he did not. 
he's absolutely right. Oh, because yeah. It, yeah. It, the way it ends is fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's, you can't, you can't do anything else with that movie. Um, the other thing I was thinking as I was watching, I was kind of thinking about the relationship between Wendy and Jack <clears throat> and wondering kind of what Kubrick might've been trying to say about, re- about marriage and mm-hmm. relationships. Him and Christiana, I got the impression from the documentary, Stanley Kubrick, A Life in Pictures, yeah. that they they were experimental at different times in their marriage mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the movie Eyes Wide Shut he said she said was his most autobiographical film really yeah <clears throat> and um, but you know there's this idea of relationships um, that are explored in that in Lolita and mm-hmm. um, in um, The Shining mm-hmm. and it just kind of made me wonder is the, you know was there some sort of <sighs> metaphoric concept there about Marriage, but you know, the, between Wendy yeah. and Jack, you know, kind of a exaggerated, caricaturized mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the cowering woman and the big bad man. Right. You know, they, right. there's all kind of little things you can do. <clears throat> I've said this before, though. Um, watch the film closely because Wendy isn't as much of a pussy as you think. I mean, she has the she she when he's going like, give me the bat. Give me, he's, uh-huh. She's like, I know I'm not giving the fucking bat. You know, so she right. doesn't do that. And she has the uh, fortitude to knock him in, the, knock his yeah. fucking head in and drag him. Drag and, put, him. and the only reason he got out and terrorized him was because the hotel let him out. Right. That was the only reason. Yeah, Other than won. that, she had it fixed. She, she had, had fucking solved the problem. Okay. Now, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do about communication. Well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Halloran might have showed up anyways if yeah, Danny continued yeah. doing what he was doing. Um, But, um, and, and, and there's, but anyway, so, you know, I was also thinking about, um, you know, there's some weird stuff in there where he says white man's burden, Lloyd, white man's burden. Mm-hmm. And then when they go into the bathroom, um, Delbert Grady uses the N word, yes, you know, yes. and like, you just, you know, like it seems really, the more I watch that movie, those, those things really kind of seem out of left field because mm-hmm. like the rest of the movie, I don't, you know, there's nothing else really about Jack. Maybe, maybe the, Kubrick was just trying to say, like, this guy is he's, like he's such, yeah. such a piece of crap. Like he's mm-hmm. even he's even a racist. I don't know or fucking know. I think that The Shining is. I, I try to take it at face value, but in oh, any yeah. case, I didn't mean to go off on The Shining. I apologize, but I can't talk <laughs> about The Shining without going off on The Shining. <clears throat> this leads like me. That. This leads me to It Lives Inside. Ooh. This is a movie that just came out um, this year, and I want to tell. Oh, it's right here. Um, uh, American Indian. Indian American, uh, not American Indian. God no, no, forbid, don't no, say no, that. No, no, An Indian American, meaning from India. Yes. Uh, expatriate living in America, teenager struggling with her cultural identity, has a falling out with her former best friend, and in the process, unwittingly releases a demo- demonic entity that grows stronger uh, by feeding on her loneliness. Oh my. Um, this sounds like a movie you probably have seen, but I tell you this you've not seen this movie okay this is really neat it's really good it was like it's very fucking well done everybody acts their ass off no yeah. there are no major stars <clears throat> in this is directed by Bishal Duda um, writers are Bishal Duda and Ashish Meta. I'm probably screwing those all up Megan Suri Neru Bakwa and Mohana Krishan are the are the main actors in it <clears throat> this young lady is un, unbelievable. She's a fantastic a, a, a actor. I mean, they could really... It's going to be interesting to see what she ends up doing. But everybody mm. in the film was absolutely dying. It's one of those movies you go like, it's it's way better than it has a right to be. Yeah. I do not understand the 5.3 rating on IMDb. Mm. I think it's like way better than that. It's isn't. It's just, it's very well done. Um, and the effects are, I think, are handled in a in a... Pretty good, <clears throat> pretty well, pretty uh-huh. well. But it is kind of what you expect in some ways. But it's like way better than anything that, that Blumhouse puts out. Mm, Fan cool. fucking tastic. I gotta, I gotta hand it to you on. I gotta hand it to them on that. That's really a good. Um... All right. So, oh, um, cool. so if you get a chance, check that out. Now, 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 it's time to get into the meat and potatoes. Of meat the... and potatoes. I gotta tell you, man. Yeah. I've seen some really good new films this Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lives inside. Was really good. Dark Harvest, which you didn't hear me talk about last week, mm. um, that's fan. Fu- that's an that's an instant classic. 
It's a fucking like you watch that movie, you're gonna be like, yeah, this is gonna be a movie that's gonna be on people's yep. list to because yep. it takes place on Halloween. It's really fucking good. I was like, God damn, it's a little tiny movie that they spent all the money in just the right ways. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, they just they didn't. You know, it goes to show you like you don't have to have a you know a, you know three hundred million dollar right. budget to make like a really effective film. <clears throat> okay, which brings me to. Today's feature, (laughs) which is When Evil Lurks. Um, I heard about this movie. It got released in theaters for a few weeks and then it went to Shudder. So I I saw it on streaming. Um, You watched it just yesterday. It is, um, wow. Uh, This is one of the most brutal movies I have ever seen. It's one of the darkest films I have ever seen. You know, when you watch a lot of movies... Lot, a lot of horror movies, you know, especially like a lot of the <clears throat> mainstream Blumhouse kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a kind of plastic cheesiness to all of it. Sure, you know what I mean. There's you know, there's little tropes and things you're kind of like expecting and blah blah blah. And then there are movies like The Exorcist, mm-hmm. The Shining. Yes. You know, some of these movies like this. They come out, The Hills Have Eyes, yep. Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. They come out and and like it's a serious fucking movie. This movie is a serious, it's got one of the most serious tones of any movie I've ever seen. There is one scene where there is a slight, you know, just a smidge of humor, just okay. like a, just in a very, just, just like uh-huh. a dust, just a little sprinkling, yes. you know. <clears throat> None of the violence that happens is cartoonish. It's all like upsetting, disturbing. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Um, and um, it has a great combination of real, like visceral, like gore and all that with, to quote John Bolland, the strange, dark, and mysterious. Okay. There's a supernatural thing that's happening in this. Um, there's a it's there's a mystery that we're trying to kind of put mm-hmm, together and mm-hmm. figure out as we're going along. Every actor in this acts their fucking balls off. It's a really um it's it's fucking dynamite. Um there's a great line in it though. And I was talking about Halloween 3. Halloween 3 is a, is is a is a campy corny stupid sure. movie where the 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 villain wants to kill children. When Evil Lurks is a very dark evil film about somebody who wants to harm children. Oh, um, and there's a line, there's a quote in the movie that I think is like so chilling. Evil loves children and children love evil. Ooh. Think of, put, put that in your pipe and smoke, smoke it. it. So I want to give you guys just a little wee bit, a uh, real quick. I'm the, um, uh, when brothers Pedro and Jimmy discover that a demonic infection has been festering in a nearby farmhouse, they attempt to evict the victim from their land. Failing to adhere to the proper rites of exorcism, mm-hmm. their reckless actions trigger an epidemic of possessions across their rural community. Oh, now they must outrun an encroaching evil as it corrupts and mutilates everyone it is exposed to and enlists the aid of a wizened cleaner, in quotes, who holds the only tools that can stop this supernatural plague. Oh. Uh, okay. Ezekiel Rodriguez... Damien Salomon and Silvina Sabater. Sabater? Sabater. Sabater. Um, this is Spanish language. It was, uh, takes place in Argentina, filmed in Argentina. Um, the, the, <clears throat> the, uh, what do you call it? Um, the subtitles bothered me for three seconds. Yeah. It was so riveting okay. that I did, like didn't even notice the subtitles. I yep. was just into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, I am okay. This is this is on Shutter, um, and and uh, it has a lot of uh, mostly very 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 positive, cool. outstanding best horror film of twenty twenty three. Scared scared me shit. Scared me shite. Scared me scared, scared me, me shite. Brutal one word review. Mm-hmm. Life is hard. Be harder. Um, uh, you know, and I, and I said I posted a, a photo of this on um, in the group today with the the mm-hmm. the, the uh, 
caption it was a perfect movie for Devil's Night. <laughs> it was a good movie for Devil's Night. I just got I just can't say enough about this. There is things that happen in this movie you will go like I have never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to say that a couple of different times. Whoa. I no, I've never seen that. <laughs> um but it is a serious fucking movie. There's no campy nothing. It's mm-hmm. like you know, the violence and the gore are serious or fucking serious. They're not like cartoony. Highly recommend. Cool. So, um squeegee out of that. Yeah. I uh, heard this band Screaming Females is part I, so, okay, oh. a little real quick. Let's uh so what so what what per, this got this topic going was um uh Rolling Stone magazine's uh ranking not just a list mm-hmm. but a ranking of the oh, 250 yes, yes, yes. greatest guitarists of all time. Um and so one of the things I did was I went through their list mm-hmm. and and looked at it and I got to a point where I'm like there was a lot of guitarists that I just who I just did not know and I just picked this one at random the guitarist for the screaming females okay and not really at random they said that her um she she her riffs were brittle I don't brittle. Know what that, yes and not so brittle. not brittle brittle huh. and um so it turns out she plays with a band called screaming females and I listened to a song called it all means nothing which was one of her recommended mm-hmm, tracks mm-hmm. and it's fucking great um, yeah and she is a dynamite guitar player it was not it's just got like a punk rock kind of um thing going on but she she fucking destroys a solo in it like oh, fucking cool. smokes like i was like i thought she was just gonna do like a you know kind of yeah. like a like a chimey yeah. kind of like again a kind of like thing right. but she like she plays the fucking ripping solos like it was refreshing to hear that kind of playing oh, cool. and that kind of thing so um but there's a lot of guitarists on the list that i well, quite frankly just don't know mm. um um a lot of um, a lot of them were in the um, punk and like noise genres. Okay, yeah. You know? <clears throat> um, there were some. It kept, uh, Kevin came in as I was going through it, and there were there were several where we you know we kind of rolled like, our eyes. Hmm. Um, hmm. So this isn't a critique of that list, but the when I heard about the list and like everybody in YouTube has responded to it. Um, I watched a couple of videos. One I watched today was talking about the art, the guitarists that didn't make the list. Right. Okay. And some of them were downright shocking. The, the Ga- Gary Moore is not yeah. on the list. Leo Kotke is not on the list. Um, Carlos, not Carlos Santana. Uh, George Benson is not on the mm-hmm. list. Joe pass is not on the list. There's a lot of like really Tommy Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really great guitar players who are, uh, who are, you know, Ignored, and this is a ranking from best, right. best. To, to best assist, yeah. whatever you know. Um, by the way, just to give you a hint, what this list is like <laughs> number 250 is Andy Summers. Well, he's okay, he should be happy he made the list. Um, so and I'm going to ask you this, Mr. Pittsburgh, and sure. I just we're just going to go through, we're just going to have like a discussion on it. I made some points. Sure. And we're going to toss them around. Okay. Because, um, and, and this, and, and I think you're going to, we're going to talk about this first question, and it will sort of inform the rest of the discussion. Uh-huh. Um, can music be quantified? Meaning, is it like sports, where, you know, you have the number one AFC champion, or you right, have the right. number one NBA champion, or you have the, you have the uh, MVP of the NFL this year, or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, can you do that with music? No. No, because everybody's an individual. Everybody's talent is their talent. I remember... Your talent's better than his talent. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, you know, it was it's so funny... Um, to watch sometimes there'll be different Rock Rage Radio does these all the time we do them in the group sometimes too mm-hmm. sometimes I steal the ones from Rock Rage Radio yeah. <laughs> but they'll like uh, they'll um, put up oh like um, they'll they'll play, pit like five records or something like that and ask you to kind of say which one would, could you do without or whatever right and just to hear the different opinions that people have music is so personal exactly there's things that like move that totally move me just like movies I like that stupid Halloween 3 oh I like it <laughs> fucking like it um, you know let me give you a really good example I was l- listening to Phil McKnight's 
podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about the song. He had the name all boogered up. I was yelling at the, I was yelling at my do. phone yeah, as yeah. he was talking. Um, there was the band was called, or the artist or whatever it was called, Hot Butter. Okay. And they had a song called Popcorn. Exactly. Okay, you know the song. Okay. It's stupid. Uh-huh. It's but it's also fun. Yep. It's stupid, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, is that bad music? No. It serves its purpose. It accomplishes what it sets out to do, which is to be, this is a fun, silly song. Yeah. Gangnam style. It's a fun, exactly. silly song. It's a fun, silly song. Who let the dogs out? It's a fun, silly song. Exactly. Okay, you're always going to have these. It's like, you know, going back to like some, some, so many old timers remember things like uh, B I N G O, B I N G O, bingo. Or um, how about this? John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, la 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 la. You know, like it's, you know, it's like, it's like row, row, row your boat in Star Trek where um, Spock says, but Captain, life is not a dream. And McCoy says, Spock. No, it's not supposed to mean anything. You're, the most important thing is that you have a good time singing it. Exactly. <laughs> that is what though the these whole, silly songs right. are about. Exactly. They're just about you know having having fun, bebopping along to them, grooving to them, singing along to mm-hmm. them. Um, that's you know what 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 that what that's that's all about. It's terrible, but it's fun. Yeah. So even that stuff has a place. Sure. You may and and think about the times when you know you and I have talked about maybe different musicians or different bands, and we've said things like, "Wow, you can tell that they are really accomplished," but mm-hmm. it just doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything for me. Yeah, exactly. So does it that mean that they suck? Sing to me. Yeah. Does that yeah. mean they so they they, they must suck because no, I don't like them. They suck. No, that's not what it means. If I don't like it, it sucks. <laughs> and I, you know, this magazine, Rolling Stone, which is a actually a political magazine, not a music magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the choices really showed that. Um, uh, but we're not going to, like I said, I don't want to critique that list. I just I want to get into. Oh, so what I want to get into, what I'm trying to get at is how, what makes that guitarist great? Mm-hmm. What makes Andy Summers great? Right. What makes Chuck Berry great? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, I heard one this week. Uh, Rock Rage Radio posted a... Um, it might have been a link from a Loudwire interview with Angus Young or something, but he was talking about how like Eric Clapton like just doesn't do anything for him. Right. He says he really feels like Chuck Berry is the better guitar mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And man, oh, oh days that people lose their minds in the comments. Yeah, I, I just wrote, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and there were, and I was yep. not alone. There was a lot of people who are like Clapton's a little overrated. <laughs> um, and um, but you know Clapton is I will definitely put him on the list as a great. Guitarist, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whether you personally groove with what he's doing or not, he's a great guitar player. And we're going to talk about what makes a guitar player great. You can see I have some stuff written down. Yes. Do you have anything you add to? No, that that pretty much sums it okay, up. Okay, so yeah. and and in no particular order because I think all of these things are probably yeah, important. equally important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tone. Yes. The tone. Um. This is something that has become a has really become big with guitar players is since YouTube because there was there were no there were tricks and things that guys were doing with gear that nobody they would not tell you right. In fact, um, there's there's a guitar player who I I love, uh, Scott Holiday from Rival Sons. Um, on his pedal board, he's got pedals with black tape over them because yeah. he doesn't want so anybody to know. know what he's using. Right. But because of YouTube, the gear page, and then eventually YouTube and everything mm-hmm. like that, especially YouTube, because you can listen and see yeah, and hear, hear uh, everything. A lot of the secrets of guitar, these guys' guitar sounds have come to light. Mm-hmm. We know what they're doing. But, I mean, there is an entire, there are millions and millions and millions of people watching these videos about this. So it's fucking important. <laughs> you know, yes. it's really something that, and I, it's one of those things that, like, maybe an average listener wouldn't, like, pick up pick up on and say yeah. like that's a stratocaster and that's a less but whatever mm-hmm. but they just know that there's something i that they identify with about the sound and that mm-hmm. that guy's tone like flows perfectly with what the, exactly. the notes the type of solos the types of riffs he's doing mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know um and it, and i mean there, there's some, like you know and there's some people with you know 
who revolutionized tone and 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 everything like that. Um, we we could talk about that, uh, but you know, there's guys with very very distinctive like one of the most distinctive sounds on the planet is Eddie Van Halen's sound. Mm-hmm, He's, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Alan Holdsworth. You know, completely. Eric Johnson. Eric. Eric as jo- soon as you Eric hear Johnson. that guitar, you're like, "That's Eric." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why Jimi Hendrix isn't quite as identifiable as it used to be is because so many guitar players have imitated. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to copy his yeah. tone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so the the absolute. You know, the, over the years, just been guys like um, that dude. Um, help me out, Mr. Pittsburgh from King's X, Ty Tabor, Ty oh. Tabor, Ty Tabor. Like he had very distinctive tone. Uh, BB King, very distinctive mm-hmm, tone. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Knopfler, very distinctive tone, except when that one, one song where he tried to sound like Billy Gibbons, Money for right. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gibbons, very distinctive tone. Yeah, there you go. Very, very, very distinctive tone. Um, so, yeah. Who else, Mr. Pittsburgh? Who else do you go like, wow, I, that guy's like unmistakable? There, there are some Neil Sean stuff. Neil, Neil, well, yeah. What about speaking of Neil Sean? What about um, Carlos Santana? Oh yes, very, very distinct. Yes, There's a lot of guys like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And as, and especially once you get Steve Vai, I think is very distinctive mm-hmm, sounding. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't sound like Eddie Van Halen. He really right. sounded He's different. Got when, his own when, thing yeah, going yeah, absolutely. On, yeah. Have, have his own thing going on. Yeah, I mean, um, I um, you know. So, anyways. Um, so and and, it, and that will all depend on what you. In fact, there are guitar players like 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 jazz guitar, like George Benson mm-hmm. has a very distinctive guitar sound. Pat Metheny has a very distinctive distinctive guitar sound. Um, and every guitar player is is laboring over the tone. They're all going like we're trying to get the sound that's going to work right best there. with yeah. you know what the band is playing and what I hear in my head and everything. And you can tell. It's important, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and that's one of the reasons why you like a lot of the players you like is because of the time that they put into getting a great tone. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, in and this is something that happened in the 1980s. There was like a kind of, uh, mm. this. there was a sort of, oh, what's the word I want? Uh, uh, sort of a little bit of a competition about, remember this question? Well, who do you think is the fastest guitar player? Right, yep. It was speed was everything. Mm-hmm. And every every issue of Guitar Player magazine, it was a new guy who came out who was faster than the, the, than the last guy. Last month's issue, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that everybody, I you know, I, I don't know if he's still technically the fastest is Michael Angel Michael Angelo Badio. You know who he is? He plays the guitar oh, with the four one. necks. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I, I went yep. to a clinic. He was he was a fucking riot. <laughs> he was a fucking he's fucking wild man. He's like a wow. Him and Vic Dupre are like in competition for the craziest hair, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Go look at a picture. Go look at some photos. I think I know who you mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's got you know, um, but you know they, they he would he sold videos and or yeah and stuff on in the back of Guitar Player magazine. You know, Michelangelo Badia with his two hundred mile an hour technique, uh-huh. whatever that means. <laughs> you know mean. what I mean? Yeah. He's a cool dude, and he's done a lot to advance guitar playing. Mm-hmm. There's like you know like guy like Toes and Abasi owes a bit to Michelangelo yeah. Badio you know there's just like you know and in, in, in any case um, but the technique so technique means what your how well you use your fingers to mm-hmm. manipulate the strings and the frets and sure. the sounds and everything to make the guitar do what you want it to do exactly okay um, every and there's a lot of different techniques. Okay, so we can go now. Let's talk about that. Um, Jeff Beck and Mark Knopfler, Hubert Sumlin, all play with their fingers. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what I mean. They're just they 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 all, they, they all play with their fingers. Al Demiola, Steve Morse, um, these guys are Ingve uh, Malmsteen. These guys are ferocious with the pe- with the plectrum, the pick. Yep. I mean, they are insane. Crazy. Yeah. Just fucking insane um they can do stuff with the pick that just will just just blow your mind um you know then there is you know the technique of somebody like a keith richards and Mm -hmm. what key and we're going to talk about this in the next the next thing we're going to talk about um the keith the tech the keith technique which 
you know, you may it may not look sophisticated to a lot of people. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. guitar slung real low. He's like, yep. kind of looks like he's barely doing anything. But like, listen to his parts. Oh my god, they're in yeah. the fucking pocket. Like, yep. you know what I mean? He knows, you know exactly what the fuck he's doing, and mm-hmm. uh, he makes it look like he's not doing anything. And that is one of the things about technique that I have learned. And I, I'm, I'm I did put together a um, TikTok. Uh, series um, that I'm it's a six part series or seven parts or seven habits of highly effective pickers. Um, but a, the overall arching thing that's going to be, would be my uh, honorable mention or Trump card, if you will, is relaxation. All the guys mm-hmm. that can really play every single one of them totally fucking relaxed. It may look like they're being really intense, mm-hmm. but when they when they are they they are they are only touching the strings with as much pressure as absolutely as necessary right. to make the sound that yeah. they're trying to make and that's it nothing more nothing more it's really interesting there are guys that dig in a little bit harder mm-hmm. but they also have they also are very good with backing it off when they need to and sounding more fluid in places and that is a kind of the relationship that a guitar player creates with the instrument is getting that, developing that touch. Mm-hmm. When you develop that touch, so that's really my opinion, I think what technique is really all about is developing that touch that like, if your ear can conceive it, your hands can play it. Exactly. Um, so this leads with touch leads me into the next one, which is feel, which is again, see none of these are quantified things, right? Except right. for speed. Which is part of technique. You could say, well, you mm-hmm. could literally, we could mm-hmm. put a metronome up and see who can pass, this guy you know, yeah. you know, measure everybody. But that aside, none of these so far have any are are quantifiable. You know, there's like tone. There's like, well, you have to have seven tubes, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and six cabinets full of vintage 30s and six <laughs> cabinets full of greenback. No, there's nothing like that. Yeah. You know, it's like it's completely individual on what the guitarist is trying to um, uh, express. And so part of that expression is the feel. Yes. This is very weird, right? How do you how do you talk about how do you talk about feel? Right. You, you know, part, one of the things that goes into feel and 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 I know I, I heard somebody say one time they know they know if they like a guitar player immediately once they hear his vibrato. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vibrato is super important. That's part of feel. I don't know if I would judge a guy's entire playing no, on no, that, but no. there are people that real that's like Gives super you important, insight. you know. Oh, yeah. But but the but the vibrato is part of this thing that makes the guitar makes the playing expressive. Yes. Okay. Does the guitarist play slightly behind the beat mm-hmm. or slightly on top of the beat? Ooh. Each creates a different feel. I think that Eric Johnson plays slightly ahead of the beat. Okay. He's got this kind of like, um, he's like dancing. His mm-hmm. notes are kind of like dancing over the rhythm Around or something. Around that beat, yeah. You know, whereas somebody like Eric Clapton is is laying back pretty hard. B.B. King is laying mm-hmm. way the fuck back. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? He's like, you're like at the next gig and he's still like, he's, yeah, he's still, still like, back over here. You know, <laughs> doing something, you know, or actually his vibrato is more like, yep, but, yep. Uh, but, um, Keith, the feel, Angus Young and Angus and Malcolm Young, like Ma- Malcolm Young, Jesus, like, you know, the way he was able to keep that in the pocket those mm-hmm. riffs just like oh and, God, you know yeah. and you, you another guy who like who I, is insane feel is um joe perry those aerosmith riffs mm, fucking yep. swing him and yep. brad whitford both yep those rec those re, those riffs fucking swing another guy like that is slash okay i yeah, mean he can yeah. make that fucking he can make you boogie with that guitar you know what i mean just yes. like just really good uh eddie van halen you know just magical the way he could he he would play on the guitar i was um i i've been using youtube music okay um the app the youtube music app and it sort of integrates with your interests on youtube itself oh okay so i was out at boyce park running a week or so ago when we were having a beautiful weather Mm -hmm. and um this starts Watch, I'm going to fuck it up. I don't have a pick in my hand. 
Oh, okay. That, that starts, right? Yeah. And I'm waiting for the band to kick in. Uh-huh. The band never kicks in. Huh. It's just his soloed guitar oh, his, track. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is wild. Yeah. Wild to listen to. I bet. It is and he is so in. Uh-huh. Like like you it's just completely enjoyable with nothing with no on it. Other band members. Like no other band members. You totally get the song. Wow. It's really good, and and there and there was another one, and it's not as uh, not as fa- well, not quite as famous of a um, Van Halen song, and it, I, it escapes me. But but two of them played like that. Yeah. So apparently, some people have uploaded you know, isolated tracks. Isolated is what that tracks, was? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. He was he's so fucking good. Yes. I was. Uh, they had Andy Wood on that pedal show this week. Uh, Andy Wood is a Nashville uh, guitarist who. Uh, came to prominence playing mandolin and then like switched to guitar. Now he's disgustingly amazing guitar player. <laughs> but um, he says, um, he says, Eddie Van Halen is the greatest rock and roll guitar player ever. And I'll die on that hill. That accent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I think there's a great case to be made for that, okay. you know, like just, you know, um, so um, the, one of the things that makes a, a guitarist great feel, and of course, technique mm-hmm. tone all that sure. but the songs that they write or and or the riffs mm. that they come up with because mm-hmm. sometimes it isn't like they don't necessarily might be the songwriter but they may come up with some sick right. riff right that you know what i mean and so it's not just about the the the, the wanking off solos right it is about the song and the part writing and if you want to throw solos in the solo writing, there's mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. there's some solo there's some songs where like the solo to you shook me all night long, oh, that's yeah. like composed like you. Yeah, if we yeah. play that in a cover band, you have to play that solo. Exactly. And that riff, of course, completely iconic. That's that's Malcolm Young, mm-hmm. you know. And there's Angus playing that incredible solo. Like so, you got two. Yep. Like yep. those are great guitar players. They're fucking great. Um. um uh, a, a solo to a song like Just What I Needed by The Cars. Mm. Ever listen to that mm-hmm. solo? Yep. I mean, yep. It, you completely sing along with it. It's oh, a, yeah. It's a, it's a variation on the melody. Sure. So it's like an, just like another, um, it's another part. You know, uh, uh, a great part in a song. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's, you know, what is that? I don't know. But it's a part <laughs> but that's it, fucking, it, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Mike Campbell is a great guitar player. Yes, he is. He's nothing like Eddie Van Halen. Right. But he's a great but he knows guitar what player. To put in there. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. just, you know, he just comes up with great parts. And he is a great songwriter too. He has written oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of his own songs that are absolutely fantastic. Most most famously wrote Boys of Summer, mm-hmm. which Tom Petty said, you know what? No, I don't think that's I don't think I want to that's not gonna be Yeah, that that's not gonna do anything. Um a, uh, another asp, uh, characteristic of a great guitar player is a great guitar player is influential. Mm, yes. Influences other people. And this is this takes a lot of different forms. Um, uh, at the big level, you know, Hendrix. Influ- you know, without Hendrix, we don't have John Mayer, right? Mm-hmm, you don't have Stevie mm-hmm. Ray Vaughan. There's all kind of, you know, so in that sense, you know, Hendrix is... Not only, you know, one of the things that makes him, one of the things that makes him a great guitar player is the fact that he was so fucking influential. Oh, yeah. That's a, That just shows you that they have something, some it, it, if tone, technique, feel, songwriting, mm-hmm. you know, it's so much so that other people either are trying to copy them or want to learn from them exactly, or whatever. Yeah. You know, this, uh, um, um, Robin Trower is a, you know, Hendrix, you know, disciple. I mean, this this you could go down the line. There's many, many, many guitar players like that. Um, so there's that. Then there is the guitarist that in, it has a, um, more of an underground kind of, kind of influence. Maybe the guitar player himself isn't even all that famous, mm-hmm. but people, um, are talking about him and, are, and so many, I'll give you a really good example. Mike Bloomfield. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's a, was a wildly influential guitarist. You read so many years, oh my God, Mike Bloomfield. Like when I heard Mike Bloomfield, like it really, it really blew me away, right? But he, Mike Bloomfield didn't have like big hits. No, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so that that that's one example of somebody like that. Um, and then there is the guy mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. Okay. But then there's the guy that fucking sits in a room with young people mm-hmm. and gives them fucking guitar lessons. Yeah, exactly. And that's so, that's, that's a fucking great guitar player. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he is literally hand-holding the next generation. Exactly. You know, in into what whatever their, whatever music is going to become. Um, so I think a great guitar player is influential, either whether it's teaching kids, mm-hmm. you know, how to play or influencing, Other you know, you know, yeah. the entire, you know, world of music, exactly. you know, um, the other thing is, uh, the, I'm going to close with this one is I think that a, a, a great guitar player, all the great ones are irreplaceable in their gig band genre we'll keep talking about Van Halen sure okay so Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen don't get along and Eddie goes and does his own thing right but Alex hangs out with Michael Anthony and David Lee Roth Mm -hmm. and they get another guitar player yeah exactly it's not gonna work well they might be a great band but it's not gonna be Van Halen it's not gonna be Van Halen exactly Exactly. he's irreplaceable in what he does you know okay yeah we're gonna uh, mark we're gonna mark uh, we're gonna do Dire Straits but no Mark Knopfler (laughs) okay right I mean even this like I know that Billy Idol has worked with other people but Billy Idol and Steve Stevens oh man (coughs) I mean come on you know what I mean like they you know those two guys got something going on uh huh you know, Billy may go do other stuff, but Steve's Steve's the man. Exactly. Slash mm-hmm. with Guns N' Roses, just like you know. I mean, you know, they he's left the band. It's not the same excitement and everything. It's just not mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have had Guns N' Roses the way you have Guns N' Roses exactly. without fucking Slash. Oh, yeah. um, and, and there's a lot of great um, guitar players. Like that, like you just—they're just—they've just become—they've almost become iconic. And even again, even if it isn't a super big genre, even if it's like you know, in in the blues, you mm-hmm. know, you know, Ken, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Johnny Lang, you know what I mean? They're like fucking dynamite guitar players. Like that genre would not be that genre without those two guys. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they picked up the mantle from Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then now they and then they did their own thing with it. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, there's a great example right oh, there. Sure. You would not have, you know, blues had a whole revival be- basically because, of, because of him. Yeah, you know what I mean. He he brought he he opened the door for us for people to hear for a lot of bands to get signed that would not have gotten signed. You know, mm-hmm. I saw a, mm-hmm. a little documentary. We're gonna have to. This would be a good podcast topic in the future. <clears throat> we, could, we should watch this documentary. It's about when alternative rock became mainstream. Oh. And how how everybody was how these how these labels were signing anybody right. who was like screaming into a microphone yep. with a guitar yep. slung around yep. their knee you, you know yeah. what I mean like and about how the, and how was, a lot of those bands were actually were really good but you know there was only so much room on the radio exactly. but anyways we talked yeah, about that yeah, before yeah. but 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 I mean you getting with what I'm saying with you know mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. this guitar player you couldn't have this thing without them without they them. you know they you know yeah. I you know I've said many times that you know Eddie Van Halen invented high gain. Yes, he did. You know what I mean? Like all that whole crop of of guitar players, you know, that are all doing. You know, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound anything like Van Halen, but all that that type but of distortion that, yeah. with that chuk, 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 that is you wouldn't have it without without Van Halen. Exactly. Irreplaceable within the, with you know, in the, in the, you know, I, I, here's here's a guy, um, Jack. White is on the list. And I think Jack White is a great guitar player. Insane tone. What mm-hmm. the fuck is he even doing after that? Right, you know what right. I mean? He makes it sound like all kinds of like, all holy, the yeah, riffs holy. and everything he think and stuff he, he does are these parts and everything are freaking killers. Great songwriter. <clears throat> he kind of he kind of like he, it, the white stripes were kind of single handedly keeping rock alive in like the early mm-hmm. 2000s mm-hmm. to the 2010s. I mean, like, very important guitar player. Excellent oh, musician. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, bands? No, not, that you this want? not this week. Not um, this week. I have two things I want to talk about before we wrap up. Okay. First of all, I want you guys to check out Rival Sons has oh. a new album called Mosaic, and they, they, like, one day after another would dump, were dumping songs. Oh, nice. Onto YouTube. Check this out. Now, you want to hear very distinctive guitar work. Check uh-huh. this out.
good cool. shit, man. Really? There's a song um uh on the album called um Dark Fighter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's uh nine minutes. Wow. It's progressive. Yeah, sir. It's neat. Do you remember the song? Do you know the song? Um, we played it on the show. Um, uh, Meet, Meeting the Master by Greta yes. Van Fleet. Yes. Is it, it like it's, that? it's in that kind of like oh, starts out acoustic, okay. gets heavy, goes into another part. Right. You know, and it's like really fun to hear them just like we're throwing mm-hmm, out the four mm-hmm. minute, three minute song, uh, you know, yep. program for a minute. And we're going to do this thing. Nice. And I don't know if they've ever really done a song like that before. I think they do a good job at it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll play that next week for you okay. guys. But yeah, New Rival Sons. That song is called Mercy. Their new album's out. Um, and real quick, I put a link to it in the show notes. Um, speaking of um, amazing guitar players, uh, great guitar players, um, Rick Beato interviews Ingve Malmsteen. Oh, yeah. If you've not seen it, you absolutely should watch it, Mr. Pittsburgh. Okay. It's wildly entertaining. Ingve's a hilarious guy. Is he? He is ginormous. He makes he he makes uh, Rick Beato kind of look like Gimli. Oh, really? Next to Gandalf. He's a, he's a big fella? Yeah. Plus size. Rick and huge. Oh, I mean, his person? head's probably the size of Rick's chest. Oh, wow. Not nah, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but but uh, but um it's great to hear he his story. He's funny. Mm-hmm. Tells his stories are fucking hilarious. Cool. Um, and um, he talks about his guitars and how he got started. Uh-huh. And, uh, hilarious story about the you know he, he was he worked at all summer at this music store, and he wanted this new Stratocaster seventy. It was like a seventy five Strat or something yeah. like that. He was brand new and he wanted it, and the guy wouldn't give it to him. He says, "Nah, man, you didn't really work enough." He goes, "You can have this guitar." He says, "There's an old one here," and it was a it was a sixty three Strat. <laughs> and he's like, he says, and he says he begrudgingly took it home. Yeah. And he says he he says he had it for a couple of days. He went and got the rest of the money and told the guy, "I want a new guitar. I don't want this old guitar." Oh no! <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know back well, then. Well, you know, and I remember talking to guys of who were around Ingve's age, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and they were, and they all said the same thing. Like that was, I was an old guitar. I don't want an old guitar. Yeah, it's a, but it's a used guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want a new one. You know, exactly. And um, so wow. it, it just goes to show you how the scene has changed. But mm-hmm. he tells a lot of great stories. Um, so check check it out. Rick does a great interview with him. Cool. Um, yeah, it's very very cool. And so I I got my Ingve batteries recharged nice. and I ended up um uh listening to a whole bunch of Invade this week. All right, there you <laughs> I'm go. Like, there you go. All right guys, uh, please check out uh Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com for all your Ludini needs. There's a lot of cool uh there's more we never free, uh think to talk about but merchandise is there. Oh yeah. There's merchandise. There's sure. all kind of fun stuff so check much. that out. Um don't forget, it was part of that to become part of my inner circle group where we talk about music and stuff all week long. We have a lot of fun. Uh, go to rockrageradio.com, download the free app because it's free. It's free. It's absolutely, it's absolutely free. free. Absolutely free. Uh, great music programming 24 7 with the Rock Rage Radio app. Uh, shows like nice. uh, Hot Licks with Lily Six and all kind of fun shows. So check it out. Uh, and don't forget wolfscustoms.online for custom artwork and musical instruments. Um, guys, it was uh, fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get, finish celebrating Halloween here for the last oh. few hours that are left. And uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, are you, are you working tomorrow? No, I'm off probably yeah. the rest of the week. You're gonna, you're yeah. gonna take it easy. All right, guys. Um, thank you. So, so if you guys want to come visit me, come on over. Come on over, Mr. Pittsburgh. He'll be he'll be entertaining. Uh, you know, uh, guests this yes, week. He'll be, sure, sure. He'll be holding court. <laughs> <laughs> so bring yeah, bring that Les Paul yes, uh, bass over. over. Yes, yeah. Let's oh, speaking of Les Pauls. Yes. Real quick before we wrap up, dude. Do you want a Jeff Beck? The the the, the Blood Ox. The, the, the Chipson 50, guy 54? is this is is um no, no. he's gonna he's gonna make them is he he's oh, gonna I did make see them and that. like and yeah, if, so, if many so many people, made and if he's gonna make so he's gonna make so many if he gets so many people that want to do yeah. it so I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in it's dirt cheap it's, on, it's gonna be under three hundred dollars yeah yeah I saw that wow <laughs> oh you saw it I did okay, see that okay yeah because yeah. yeah, I follow them too okay, okay. yeah so I I threw my name and I'm like I'm definitely doing it yeah. like I gotta you know. Jeff Beck is like one of my absolute fucking mm-hmm, heroes. Mm-hmm. And to get that actual guitar is like, Oh yeah. 
you know, maybe someday we'll, I'm not saying, man, because like I am a very fortunate fellow. Yes, sir. And, I, you know, and one might fall into my lap someday. I'm not saying that universe. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying <laughs> is like, um, for right now, I would be content with oh, yeah. a great copy. Sure. You know, I have the greeny and I thought he did a real nice yeah. job on that guitar. So, uh, so I will keep you guys informed nice. how, as, as, as to see how that develops coming out. So, uh, all right. All right, guys. Thank right. you so much for hanging out. And um, any uh, closing thoughts or nope. uh, anything there, Mr. Pittsburgh? No, no, no. We'll see you next week, I guess. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. We'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya.